Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Savary. Nick is on vacation, folks. I'm, I'm on a, a, a mini sabbatical, a mini one. But we didn't want to leave you guys with and gals out there without some uh, exclusive bonus material that we've accumulated from some of the guests that have been on this program. We talk about it all the time, and you're going to be able to click on it if you are listening to us on whatever audio podcast platform click on the patreon link you're going to get exclusive bonus content like some of the stuff that we're going to play in this episode coming up uh because there's so much that our guests tell us once the camera's off right and they know a little bit lax they know nick and i now they're in the see me stretch man it's about to get real that's that's right that they they think that nick is going to unleash something we asked them some great questions uh nick real quick before we play some of these clips uh for the folks um your take on some of the interviews that we've had on patreon some of the crazy things that people have told us what's been like something for you that has stood out that was you know past the free wall and and that a guest told us that you really were like whoa i was not expecting that um you know i think i mean the easy answer is probably chad having chat you know having having him on the show and talking a little personally about just your the both your relationship but channels to tell a really cool story about um just living rough you know trying to you know put some you know put a couple of nickels together right just at, at, a, at a difficult time as part of that trajectory to the level of success he's having now um you know i I think a common theme about Patreon and the reason, I mean, there's many reasons why we, you know, want you all to listen, but one of them is there's an opportunity to really kind of get a little bit more intimate with our guests. You know, it's a place that we ask people to just relax. I mean, we talk about what people do professionally, but play, but these conversations also veer in some personal directions. Um, This is not so much about, you know, the why of someone comes on our show, you know, professionally, their background and all that stuff. It's just as people, you know, people, uh, with stories and just interesting things that happen to them and how that connects to the prof- profession that they're a part of. So yeah, Chad sits, is in my head when I think about that. I also think of, you know, just hearing a little from Kim Whaley, you know, professor, you know, at the Baltimore, um, Baltimore school of law. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, just sort of taking us through a little bit of, you know, in the world of, you know, telling her story, you know, talking about the value of the constitution, you know, what happens when you're know, you're on these various news networks and you're hearing people really kind of talking out of their ass about this stuff and what happens when you're actually a professional with that and what do you deal and like how do you deal with that um 
Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I there's so many cool interviews that we did that and we moved, you know, some stuff over to the Patreon, obviously. Um, one that comes to mind for me, you know, we had a while back Clinton Sparks, the Grammy nominated producer, songwriter. I mean, this guy's worked with every major artist in the industry. Um, owns his own radio station that you can find on Dash Radio, which is available in a lot of cars like Jeeps and Chryslers. Um, he also wrote a book. You know, he's friends with so many people in the industry and he made it so big, right? And now it's like, you know, he's living in, in a huge house in LA. You know, he's got, you know, a, a, a billion views, of, excuse me, a billion listens for Turn Down for What, which he wrote with little John and DJ snake, which became a phenomenon in 2013, 14, right? All these records he's produced with Pitbull. This guy, this guy's huge, right? At least for people in the music business, he worked with Beyonce, this and that. And he's telling us a story now, like, well, how do you pass that down to your kids to keep that same level of like hustle, right? Because you can't, you don't want to hand them everything. It's tough, you know, being a parent, like they're your kids, right? You're going to want to help them as best as you can, but you don't want them to be spoiled, right? You want them to have a similar hustle and grind that he had coming up, which he told us about on his episode. I just thought some of that was super interesting. I mean, you know, we've had so many different guests that have been, at least for me, it's been fun to talk to because they range from, you know, a former uh, college athlete that, you know, didn't get to where he was supposed to get to professionally, being the number one high school quarterback, highly recruited, played at one of the top college programs in USC, and then just didn't really pan out to where he wants to. And now he's got a pivot in life. I thought that was interesting. Like you mentioned, we've had a couple legal analysts on here to really talk about, you know, what the law means. You know, the law is the law of the land. The law is fact. It's not can't play around with the law, as we've seen with now Rudy Giuliani getting his his legal license suspended in a few different states. Um so I just thought a lot of that stuff was super interesting. Um, like I mentioned, Nick and I will be back with new episodes uh, in the coming weeks. We've got some fantastic guests lined up to come on the program. But first, Nick is going to lay out at the beach. He's going to hang out with his family. He's going to kick back and enjoy. I wish you the best on the vacation time. Folks, you're listening out there. Uh, you can follow us, like I always mention, IG, TikTok, at Can We Please Talk Podcast, or on Twitter, at Can We Please Talk. And if you want to listen to any of these clips that we're about to play now from some of the guests that have been on the program, they all live on our Patreon page. Click on the link in the show notes right now. Become a subscriber today to Patreon so you can help Nick get to his next vacation destination. We need it, folks. We need it. It's true, man. Look, look, man, the time is real in these streets. It, what it do we? What's our monthly again? What are we asking? Three dollars uh, a month? Uh, hey. It's not. Listen, there's 30, two tiers. Oh, great. You know what? Six hours a year. Listen. 36 bucks a year to get really, really. I mean, our the premium stuff. Fantastic. It is the shit behind on the pay on the paywall. Come on, man. You know what? You make a great point, by the way. Um, we never really talk about the price. We always say it's the price of a cup of coffee and a bagel. Now you've guessed that. But there are two tiers to Patreon and if you come aboard on any of the Patreon tiers, you're going to get free merchandise from us as well. Like I mentioned, exclusive bonus drops before the general public gets them. And then all this bonus content, which you can enjoy some of it right now for your ears. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. What you're speaking to is sort of like 
that sort of the failure story. It's like that, the, the things we tell ourselves that sort of keep us down. Does that still creep up for you? Yeah. Uh, big time. I mean, I told you like, um, I tested for a role in a TV show like two weeks ago and just found out probably an hour and a half ago that I didn't get it. And I mean, the truth is like, I, I'm like, I'm always, I, I, I'm, I can be a scared person. Like I'm scared, you know, like, um, Mike, it's funny. My, I, I hooped with Mike. Right. And like, you know, like I talk a lot of shit, but I play basketball. Like I talk, you talk, Mike talks too, just FYI, but mm-hmm. you no, know, a lot of, right. A lot of times what's behind that though, is this just like empty bravado. It's just like, I'm just trying to get myself psyched up because I don't know what's actually going to happen. And the same is so for me in this business. I'll like, I'll go, I went and sold a book to Simon and Schuster off of a 15 page proposal. I didn't know if I could write that book. Like, I didn't know if I could actually fulfill my contractual agreement. It's very scary. It's daunting to look at that page and it's empty every day. But so, so I'm sorry, I say that to say like, there's such failure. I've, I've pit, I'm pitching shows, I'm pitching movies all the time. 90% of the time, it's no. And you don't even get a reason. It's just, no, thanks, but no thanks. We already have this other thing. We already have this black thing. We already have this. We already have that, right? And it hurts all the time. I'm just laying around, you know, laying on Juliana, my partner's lap, and telling her, like, I feel like I failed today. You know, like, it sucks. And the 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 truth of it is, like, that is a part of the joy of this whole thing. Like if it wasn't scary, if it didn't fail all the time, like it wouldn't taste so freaking good when something actually happens, when a book actually comes out and people think it's good, you know? Nick, today's episode is presented by blinds.com. Apparently you've used blinds.com. Yeah, no, in my, in our previous house, we, we used them to, um, to get, you know, just great blinds at a discounted price. Um, the quality was fantastic. They were easy enough to install because my wife and I actually did all the blind setup in our home. You know, we did the first floor, then we ordered again, got the second floor, but nice. pricing was fantastic. Quality is fantastic. We didn't even take the blinds with us. You know, we had set them up really nicely. The person who bought our home, you know, shout out to us because they, she's walking into a great situation. You know, they were super effective with, you know, just darkening our rooms, you know, big thing for us is, you know, for us, uh, my wife also with, you know, the kind of hours she works as a, as a physician, you know, when she gets home, like middle of the day, like she's got to be sleeping in darkness and those blinds are able to do the job. So, so right now blinds.com, I mean, this is, this is a pretty crazy number and you already said that it was pretty affordable already on the site, but 35% off everything, Nick, 35% off everything. That's a lot, my friend. I wish I wish I had that at the time. <laughs> like I said, I mean, the I mean, the price we got was fantastic. But I mean, if you were to take that price again, fantastic, and lop thirty five percent off, yeah, man. Like we probably would have done. I would have found other rooms. Like we, 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 we just just start throwing blinds everywhere. Yeah, of course we would have. Yeah. Well, that's whether you awesome, do it yourself, awesome whether you do it yourself, like Nick did, or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blind.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy free shipping, and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit, Nicholas. Dude, you get to, you. it's easy. I did it. I am not handy at all. No, My he's wife not. Is a little more so than me, but we nailed it down. 
we kept our little ones sleeping during during nap time. We did a whole floor in the house. It's like mean, 12 windows. It's on. like, this is like a success story, you know, like being told when you watch those infomercials and you're just like, yeah, this guy did it too. And it has real actor, real person, not a paid actor. So that, that's the Nick Saveri story. Like, we're like a sham wealth polo. We're like, <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. blinds.com folks. You go to the link in our show notes page. You shop right now. You get up to 35% off. I said it three, five. You're going to get 35% off. That's my Jack Kennedy impression. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hit that hit that link in our show notes page right now and head to blinds.com. Offer good until August 8th. I think it's something that people that watch television don't understand. And it's up to the people in front of the camera to do better. So I give that context because you've worked at so many great stations uh, and news outlets. But what happens is you you watch a certain anchor that you trust. And then they blend their opinion in there. Now they intertwine with the bias. And now, so when Anderson Cooper says that Donald Trump was like a beach turtle, which he later apologized for, now people that used to watch him will say, I can't trust him anymore because now I know where he leads. And one of the things I appreciate about you is I don't know where you lean politically. And that's one of the things when we had Mike Emanuel on from Fox News, you know, it was one of the things you couldn't glean where he leaned. And that's the point of journalism. So I wanted to ask you, how tough is that to do? Is it just your words matter and figure out how to just deliver people the news? How do we get to that? And then who is somebody that you watch that you say, this is a shining example, a beacon for what I look for in strict journalism? Well, great question in that. And I didn't really understand this until I got into journalism. And there's a difference between sort of empirical journalism, here's the story. So if you watch CNN, you watch Jake Tapper, there'll be a reporter that says, this is what happens. Um, then there will be a panel of analysts. That's, I'll be on that, where they kind of give you different ways of looking at the news. Then there's something called opinions, which is, you know, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of using pejorative terms. I think that's alienating and not helpful. Um, and nothing against Anderson Cooper, but, but, you know, opinion could be, you know, I think we need gun control or and, and you're making you're making your opinions known and maybe even some subjectivity. So people also who are listening, when you're reading news journalism or you're watching it, be be aware of, OK, is this analytical facts where the reporter is just telling you what's on the what actually happened or is this somewhere between analysis and opinion? Um, uh, you know, I I as an educator. You know, I'm not interested in alienating people. I'm interested in making people smarter and think better. Uh, and, you know, I've done C-SPAN, for example. You have the many times you have the Democrat line, the Republican line, the independent line. I think some people call the wrong line just to kind of trip you up. Um, but but my my sense is, you know, I don't have to be right. I don't need other people to agree with me to feel okay about my what I have to say because I base it on what I understand to be the law and, you know, having looked at the law, looked at the facts and kind of lay out how to think about it. And that just, I think if you approach it that way, you, if you don't have to be right, you, it, it get, doesn't get emotional. And I say that in personal racial relationships too. I mean, we sometimes we'll get in these like shouting matches. We've all had it in our lives. No, yes, no, yes, no. But you can still have your, point of view and not have other people agree with you that's if you kind of let go of that then then you don't have as much to prove 
right? I don't know. It's just a, that's kind of my my mindset around it. And um, people have asked me in the past about my politics. I don't answer it because it's irrelevant. I, I'm not a politician. Um, I'm an educator. Yeah. Um, you know, Clinton, you wear your upbringing on your sleeve in the sense that like the hustle that you have from stealing turntables to where you are right now as we're talking, that's all connected. It seems, you know, from where you started from, how do you produce that same level of hustle as a father now? Because obviously your daughter, Sophie, it's a different world that she's experiencing. And, you know, at the age that she is, how do you instill a level of hustle that may not necessarily mirror you because your worlds are so just different, but how does that ethic trickle down as a parent now? I mean, hustle never gets played out, right? Hustle in, in, in self-motivation and discipline and focus and commitment will always be cool, right? Um, but my son, Jack, who's 17, he just turned 17 the other day. Um, if you really want to know who I am or how I am as a father, you can just look at him, right? Um, and, and I just had this realization this week when we were in the jacuzzi and we were talking and I realized, wow, how smart and advanced and mature you are. And what I mean by that is like, he doesn't buy it. Like, this, this is the story he told me which can sum up probably to any dad listening. He was like, man, dad, I don't like going to parties because he doesn't go. And I was like, why? And, and the reason I'm about to tell you that he gave is exactly why I didn't go to parties. He was like, well, it's funny because I got friends that feel like they want to live their best life. They got to go to all these parties or they're missing out on something. And he goes, I think the exact opposite. He goes, I think you're wasting time at that party and you're missing out on valuable time that you could be doing something productive or great to build a future for yourself. And, and he goes, Damn. why, why do I want to go to a party and just watch kids drink, watch them vape, watch them smoke weed, watch some girls twerk, listen to people have like nonsense conversations that don't mean anything in the real big scheme of things. When I could be at home creating content or writing a business plan or doing this and da da da. And I was just like, wow. And, and I typically don't ever recognize my own wins or successes uh, because of what we talked about before. I'm always, I kind of got a little bit of imposter syndrome. Um, so that was one thing that I was like, I, 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 I'm a good dad. I did a good job being a father. Cause like it, everything that he is, I can see is a younger version. Like it's like me, but in a 17 year old body. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so he's not refined but he's on his way and he knows way more than I did at his age. Like I had to, to get to where I am, I had to figure it out. I stumbled my way, trial and error. This dude literally had a guru next to him his whole life that was doing all of these fascinating things, having these great conversations, taking these trips and having these meetings that I used to let him sit in. And I used to say, just sit here and listen to me have this conversation. So like the things that he inadvertently picked up from me I never realized how much it would affect or influence him in a positive way. But I'll tell you, man, if I had to build a, a, a son, he has every single attribute that I would literally put into the recipe of how to build a perfect son. Nick, a quick break here as today's episode is brought to you by the good folks at Omeo. Omeo.com is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Nick. Last time we did this read, you were talking about some dumb business trip you're going on. I don't care about the business trip. Where's Nick Saveri taking the family? Where, 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 what's an ideal destination for the Zaveris? 
It's probably going to still be domestic, bro. <laughs> we yeah. got to get these girls vaccinated. Um, but no, I think our hope would be to, you know, possibly get it back, get out to Colorado. You know, we've been to Denver a couple of times. Nice. I have friends living out there. Um, I I just in, just enjoy the flight. You know, not too many hours. Great for the baby. Um, I could see us possibly heading a little further west. Actually, Texas is a possibility. We've got friends in Austin and Houston and all over the, the great state. So that's also there too. But yeah, but don't sleep on the business opportunity, man. Company's yeah. blowing up. I'm heading down the Fort I gotta get down to Fort Smith, Arkansas at some point and I need help. Well hold on a second because I don't know if homeo.com's booking for Fort Smith, Arkansas, but but you can enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. Nick, you're going to need about That's two of those. You're gonna need about, you may need about two or three of those to get to Fort Smith, Arkansas. But it's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. And the best of all, Nick, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win. In my book, the copy says our books, but it's a win in my book, folks. There it is. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer. You know, I got to be honest. There's a heat wave going on right now. You know, it's pretty hot right now. Dude, I saw a text message about New York City, man. Have you turned off the AC? Are you doing your part as a, as a, as a citizen? I thought the text message was from Omeo telling me, <laughs> hey, you need to get by a resort pool or something like that because it's way too hot. Oh, my. Oh, it is. It's a scorcher. But listen, right now, Nick, check this out. I'm going to give our listeners and you too, my friend. Head to Omeo.com. You're going to use the code Omeo, O-M-I-O-5 at checkout. Okay. That's valid until July 31st for new users, all the modes of transportations that you want to book there. You're going to get a discount. Just go to omeo.com and book or whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. There's a link in the show notes right there. Click on that link. Omeo.com. It's just a pick me up for your 2021 travel needs. Terms and conditions may apply. Max, you have this um, unfortunate uh, incident where the team, you, you, you guys lost to Alabama. You're not playing bad. I, I, I saw this somewhere in a Ford, Fox Sports article and the fans are clamoring for you to be replaced, even though you guys are, you know, you're one and two. And then we know what happens. Darnold takes over. So what was like the worst thing that somebody said to you or that you saw? Was it on campus, Twitter or something like that? And then the flip side of it is like, take us through I never played quarterback USC, Nick, Nick, neither. Uh, so what is that like? Because it is USC, right? The major media market that is LA. Like, what is that like? That scrutiny of like, shit, I can't mess up because if I, this guy's a five-star, this guy's a five-star, somebody's going to replace me. Yeah. The worst thing that I, that someone said to me, I never forget. It was in the, the what was it, daily Trojan, which is the school new- newspaper. And it, the thesis of the article was like the front page of the entire school uh, newspaper. And it basically the final sentence and the overall thesis of the article was if Max Brown never started, USC would be in the national championship. So for those that don't know, like you alluded to, we went one and two when I started, we lost to Alabama, which ended up winning the national title or was in the national title and then uh, Stanford. And then from there, our team rattled off nine wins and then the, the famous Rose bowl win. And that's the hardest to hear because those that are in it, though, my teammates, my coaches, those that like knew it, they know that's, that, that's bogus. And I don't need to say that to try to like validate what, whatever I'm saying. Like people that are in it, they know that's crazy, but there is a perception amongst fans, amongst outsiders that, Hey, on paper, they went one and two with, with max. 
all right, they went nine and zero with Sam. If they had Sam the whole time, they would have been in the national championship. And that was kind of the article. And then as years get removed, obviously we're like five years from now, the details get glossed over. People forget about it. Oh, what would have happened if, if Sam was starting the whole way? And Sam and I even talk about this, or we have talked about this of how like crazy or like ludicrous that is, but that's definitely the, the hardest thing just because I don't know, you work for four years at SC for that to kind of be the reality of, or the narrative of your college career to some, maybe not everyone, maybe not to my loved ones and whatnot, but to some, it definitely, uh, it definitely does suck. And I feel like there was a second part to that question. I forget yeah, what it was. Yeah, I think it was the media. So I almost did too. I had to remind myself the, yeah. the, the media pressure of playing in LA, but also this guy's a five-star, that guy's a five-star. Like how tough was it for you on Saturdays to go out there? Yeah, it's one of those things. There's, there's two sides to it. For me, going to SC, that's a big reason why I wanted to go there. Like, and it wasn't just lip service. I wanted to play with the best. I knew what I was signing up for. They, hey, they, you talk about recruiting pitches. When they were recruiting me, they said, Max, the reality is once we get you, we're going to love you up. We expect a, a big time career from you. But know that in years to come, we're recruiting a guy to replace you. And that's like just the, rea re the reality of what it is at, at SC, which kind of sounds goofy, but that's QBU for you. Um, but the pressure, don't get me wrong. I, I'll never forget kind of before the Alabama start. Uh, I kind of sensed that I was playing with the short leash. Obviously, I, I battled out with Sam that entire offseason. And I'll never forget my head coach said, like right before the, right before the game goes, points at me and goes, I see four touchdown passes out of you. And then points to Sam, who was my backup. And I see two touchdown passes out of you. And for those that know sports, that's a really weird thing to tell a quarterback before his start in terms of, wait, what? You see some touchdown passes out of the backup? And I don't even think he realized what he was saying or he meant any harm out of it. He was just trying to love up two guys. But I'm a competitor. We're all sports guys. When I heard that, and he would have never got this out of me like back then. But now looking back, I was like thinking, man, I'm playing with a short leash if he's uh, saying that as a backup because I, I was a backup at SC for three years and I never heard that. So it was kind of a, a, a double standard uh, there a little bit. Mike, you get this, I imagine, a lot more than Mike and I do. Many, many flex here. I'm at a party this weekend. My kid just graduated kindergarten, all virtual. She was a rock star this year. Someone comes up to me, a friend of mine, talks about the podcast. Nick, you and Mike, the show's awesome. You guys are great, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Don't like to talk about, it, honestly. You, I imagine, scale that times a thousand. Like when you're like a social gathering with friends and such, do does work topics come up and do you find ways to sort of maneuver to say, listen, I'm not, I'm not behind the desk right now. I'm not like there's no crawl here. Anything but my job I want to talk about. Like, do you run into that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a woman come up to me at church the other day and said, Mike, I liked it a lot better when you were on CNN. <laughs> and so I never worked there, but it was just kind of amusing. That's all I was going to so, say. That's not in your bio. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. So, and I'm like, Hey, you know, it's great to see you. I got to go. Uh, so what white person did you mistake me for? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> she thought Bill Hammer probably. Right. right, right. <laughs> As we are in the house of the Lord, just but, between yeah. you and me, you know, but I, look, I think good friends know that like I need a little bit of a break. And so yeah. like I think they know like if we're trying to play golf, I have enough trouble hitting the ball 
you know, without talking politics too. So I think they try to give me a little bit of a break, but, um, but yeah, some people like yeah. constantly want to talk about, you know, either shows or, you know, whether they like the president or they don't like the president or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, you know, nice to see you. And I try yeah. to, you know, either my wife, the karate champion steps in and says, all right, we got to run or <laughs> some, somebody throws me a lifeline and I hopefully get out of there. Before we let you go, you recently wrote that article about uh, the Black Lives uh, Matter movement and how support for police has gone up since the Black Lives Matter movement after the death of George Floyd. Um, take our audience through that article, those findings. Uh, como? Like what? Like what am I missing here? Like what? Um, so break that down it's, for it's us. It's funny like, when you said it out loud. Like when I read that on the spreadsheet, I'm like, that's, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. For the for the people listening, uh, Nick and I communicate through a Google sheet where we have our questions, and I put in the question "como," and that was it. And there's no other question to it. So it was really for <laughs> Sabrina to elaborate from it. So yeah, take us through. I mean, so so writing that story was you know right after we saw the Chauvin verdict, and, and you know that was a day that that was all we talked about probably for like what three days was the focus of that and 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 kind of talking about where are we now after you know almost a year after George Floyd's murder um and and the question you know when when I started looking into it for the story and I, I co-bylined that with a great colleague of mine um was the fact that you know when the protest started and and you know right after George Floyd's death there was a spike in support for Black Lives Matter and there was you know, a dip in support for the police and for policing and, you know, like kind of the public optics of it changed in a way that hadn't in the past. But slowly over the past year, it's just gone back to like, it's pre-George Floyd, you know, death murder levels. Like it's not, um, it has it has gone back, which I mean, and I, I can speculate on why. And I think if we've, you know, you've seen I'm going to, this is going to be me bashing on the media. <laughs> this is really, this whole episode is going to be me bashing on media, that's, I guess. That's, that's but, what happens behind the paywall. Though. Yeah, that's behind the paywall. Real. It's, so, it's all good. about it. So it's, but you know, the it, part of it is the way we write about these issues. And, and part of it is people digging into their corners. I mean, you know, mm. we if you really supported Black Lives Matter before George Floyd, you probably still do, potentially or you were skeptical and then you saw all the Antifa, all the rioting, all the destruction of, you know, property and that whole debate about all these people are rioting and look how that affects, you know, American cities and we want to feel safe and all of that. I mean, the, the fact that it was used so much for the election, I feel like contributed to why people ultimately dug into their corners because it became very much like a if you support Black Lives Matter then you don't support the police or if you support the police then you don't support Black Lives Matter and, and all of that where it just you know you can't have a nuanced opinion is <laughs> uh, essentially the the issue in like U.S. politics yeah no sorry I was taking a hammer to my head uh, because uh, that people that don't get uh, that you could do both um anyway Thank you, everybody, for listening to our best of Patreon. Like we mentioned, head to whatever audio podcast platform you're listening to right now. Click on the Patreon link. Become a subscriber. You're going to get more bonus content from all of our guests that have appeared on the program, fan merchandise. 
can even recommend some topics for Nick and I to discuss. In the coming weeks, we're going to be coming back with some new episodes. Ellie Honig is going to be joining us, the CNN legal analyst and author of Hatchet Man, Ryan Riley, the Huffington Post reporter that's been covering a lot of the arrests that have been happening with connection with January 6th and the Capitol riots. Some more fantastic guests along the way. Keep following us on social, IG, TikTok, at Can We Please Talk Podcast, and on Twitter, at Can We Please Talk. Thank you, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.